What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Perpetually Correct, the Takeover Edition. JB is out. Kyle Beats and I are in. Even though that seems to be how it's gone all season, Kyle, what's going on, man? What up, man? Glad to uh, glad to be back. Happy New Year, happy twenty twenty to you, man. Uh, you feeling pretty good today? Yeah, man, feeling good. It's uh, so this is our second show to take over. We took over two episodes of radio last week. We're doing this one now, and. It's really funny because the, so I I guess so I told Brandon that we were going to do since we loud radio and we did our top albums and then our to, our top albums of 2019 and then our top movies of the decade right. and so I told Brandon we were going to do that well I guess I forgot to tell Carl about it and so I just posted the episode to his show and he was like oh so you know let's take it over yeah. my show now appreciate the heads up <laughs> yeah and I was like dude. This is my fucking company. I'll take over. I'll fire everybody. Take over any of these shows and do them all myself if I want to. I'm still, I'm still really interested to hear their uh, their footnotes because I'm pretty sure there's going to be like three pages of shit we did not get right or that we did not interpret correctly in their eyes. So two things. I don't. So I know Brandon hasn't listened to the episode of radio yet with the uh, with the movies, but okay. he has listened to the the music one. He said he had almost no clue about how th- who three quarters of the people we talked about were. Fair. That, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> and that's not an indictment on Brandon. It's more I'm actually that, surprised he knows who a quarter of those people are. I agree. And it's more of an indictment on us and our musical taste than anything else. Yeah, we're me even more so than you. We're pretty – I stay in my lane, right? Yeah, pretty obscure. <laughs> I am going to be- bang some uh, some Ed Sheeran for you, though, maybe okay. on the way to my workout, really okay. get, in the, get in the zone. Good, good. Well, we're kind of doing this on a lot of the shows. We're doing – Today we're this is not like a normal episode of the show. We're just going to talk about the top sports moments of 2019. Yeah, and there was a lot of them when we were kind of, you know, compiling this list, you know, for an hour show, what do we want to hit on and that came to me a lot easier than some of the other stuff did uh for like movies and music. It was pretty pretty straightforward. I you know, I do think that we'd live in an era obviously where we're we're fed constant stories. So we have to sort through the ones that really matter and the ones that don't. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about that today. And then, you know, of course for our standard PC show, um, JB will be back with us and we'll be on here on uh, Friday doing a playoff preview. That way we can really give you guys a breakdown before the game start on Saturday um, with that Houston Buffalo game. Who, who fucking knows, but we'll, we'll get to that. For the sports moments, though, before we even jump into the moments, do you want to talk about who won 2019 as far as sports figures? Do we want to do that now, or do we want to do that at the end? Let's let's save it for the end. Okay, we'll save yeah. it for the end. I think let's that's save cool. it for the end, because I think there's one that definitely is on both of our lists that's going to come up that we're going to end up talking about, and that's that's already going to be my who won 2019. So Okay. Yeah, I'm, I have my, I'm premeditated, too, so yeah. I'll be interested to see if we, we align there, but... What was maybe the biggest story to you in 2019? Dude, the so there's a lot of them. And I, I know that's kind of like, that's sort of trite and contrary to what we're doing here to sit there and be like, oh, there's a lot of good sports moments. Right. But there really are. Like, there's a what lot. What about of, this? What's the most shocking one? Well, right. So I was going to say, so you almost have to kind of divide them up into some different categories of like hilarious um, shocking, which some of the hilarious and shocking both overlap, sure. which is always great. Um, or just wrong, maybe? Or just, yeah, or just <laughs> flat out wrong. And so many of these come to mind 
immediately. The the one that has really stuck with me the most though is Tiger winning the Masters. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's one of that's probably not the most well. That might be the the most surprising behind the luck retirement, which we'll talk about. But I think I had written Tiger off and winning another major. And I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I know you're a big Tiger guy. I'm a huge Tiger guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a golf fan, but never been a fan of a golfer, just more so of the sport. Right. And, you know, I'd watch the watch, you know, golf with my dad on TV growing up. But Tiger is what really got me like loving the sport and his, his kind of swag because he has that that MJ Kobe FU mentality in uh, spades. Right. Right. <laughs> and obviously, you know, we, we know what he went through and it had been what, 10 or 11 years since the last major 10, ten years. So, I mean, what what chance did we really give Tiger going into 2019 to win a major? Maybe. Three percent, maybe. Yeah, I I would have said probably a little bit more than that. But like his health was such a big thing. Right. Like going into last year, there were stories in like no like October November area where Tiger couldn't walk. Yeah, like dude is a swing away from a back surgery, right? Correct. Like and like the fifth one, right? And like that's man when you're messing, you know, messing around with the back and all that. That shit gets, you know, especially when you're a golfer and the way that he hits the ball. Is just or he did when he was younger. He's changed his swing a lot since right. he was really dominant when he was 19 years old. But who wouldn't? I mean, that's just how it goes. Sure. But he just hits the piss out of the ball with his body. Like, I mean, there's a lot of your weight. That's a big part of golf is weight distribution and coming through the ball. And he was a lot bigger. Right. For sure. But like it took a lot to, of strength to move that that build that he had, which was enormous. Right. Well, I was saying he was even bigger back in, you know, 2006. That dude looked like he was on some some juice, man. Like yeah. he, Tiger was yoked at one point for sure. But he his frame couldn't carry it. Right. It's kind of like that LeBron factor as we've seen him, you know, lean his body out mm-hmm. through through diet and exercise later in his career for that longevity. And I think Tiger's had to realize how important that is. Right. For sure. And so. I mean, that's one of my legendary takes is I I had been saying for years that he would never win a Masters or a a major again. And I love Tiger Woods. It was never against Tiger, but it just didn't seem realistic. Like from about 2009 was whenever things really went off the rails for him, because that's when all the personal crap came out too. whenever he rammed into the fire hydrant and (laughs) on Christmas Eve. Remember, dude, that was that was such a story, dude. I mean, and, you know. Well, think about so obviously everybody knows about that, right? With the scandal of his wife taking the nine iron to the, to yep. the caddy and everything. Pretty but good. you know, think about he's probably what a a year or less removed from that whole incident where he thought he was in, you know, California, yeah. but he's actually in Florida, and the yeah. dude's just on, you know, Xanax and Adderall and lost basically in a in a parking lot. And I mean, after you see that, you're like, this dude ain't, ain't winning another major, no. right? No, we've seen that plenty of times, and. I mean, dude, he came back furious. And, like, the thing was, he was playing really well leading up to the Masters, too. Yeah, he had been finishing strong a lot with a lot of top tens. Yeah, for sure. Dude, one of the, something, this goes back to 2018, but only, like, two months, So, it, but it's Tiger-related, is what, how pissed off were you and how duped did you feel whenever you watched the Phil and Tiger matchup? Man, I, so I paid for that. <laughs> Me, too, and I was really pissed that I did. I will say I love the gambling aspect of that, though, because you know Phil is like a genuine degenerate. Right. But like, so we've talked about this before. 
it's hard to fill dead air. It's not yeah. an easy thing to do. And like you and I are fortunate because we could just like go down a rabbit hole of hypotheticals and right. never come out. And like, but like not everybody's great at that. And it just like in golf, and just as you know, like playing yourself, like there's a lot of alone time. Yeah. And just a lot of like thinking time. Yeah, I think they thought that kind of reality version of golf was going to be a lot more successful than it was. Right, and they basically said three words to each other because you're playing a competitive round of golf. Right, and those are two highly competitive individuals, and you know they don't talk about this a lot publicly, but those dudes, it's a, it's like a Steph LeBron thing. Like they don't like each other. No, definitely not. Like I think they're fine with each other. They respect each sure. other, but I don't think that Tiger respected him earlier in his career absolutely and i think that he's gained that and i think that's a a big part of tiger's comeback tour i guess is just that he's become a little bit more humbled and understands what the fall from grace is like and i think that someone like phil understands that but doesn't forget that exactly that's a good way to put it but he was you know tiger was in psycho mode earlier in his career like that dude was just a cold-blooded killer um let me ask you this tiger went in the masters is that pretty much the best thing that could have happened for golf in 2019? Absolutely, because golf 100%. has dude, golf has never found another tiger. No, they've tried, and the, and there's a lot of they're in a situation now where kind of like how the NBA went from Jordan to now we got Kobe, Shaq, T Mac, Iverson, Duncan. Like we don't have another Jordan, but we got five pretty good guys for you. Like that's where we're at with your your Kepkas, your you know your Rory's, mm-hmm. Spieth is pulled back a little bit but you know what i'm trying to say there's a lot dustin johnson there's a lot of guys that are right up there in that echelon i mean i hate to say it there's a lot of good golfers a lot of good golfers man (laughs) i would take i would take dj out of all those guys because he's he's banging gretzky's daughter and Mm. he just doesn't give a shit it's a pretty pretty power move (laughs) was it him that slipped down the stairs at the at the masters yeah Yeah, dude that stunk probably just too much cocaine yeah that'll happen (laughs) i like brooks kepko a lot he's grown on me a ton yeah, I mean, he he has that that mindset that we're talking about here. But there's nobody that's been even remotely as, like, take you by the shirt collar as, as Tiger was. No, and that's the best tournament for him to win. That is the best major for him to win because that's where it all started for him back in, I want to say, like, 97, 97. I think was his first. Yep. So that, that was the best tournament for him to win. And... You know, all the conspiracy theorists will come out and say, you know, all these sports are rigged and we've, we've seen, you know, the NBA ref scandals from, from a decade ago. But th- you can't you can't rig that tournament. Not dude. really. Those guys man. are trying no. to win, man. Yeah, you, you've got to. I mean, it, because those guys can recover from so much. Exactly. You know, and, and I would say officiating comes in so rarely. Very good point. I mean, it there's really, probably no other sport or at least major sport where the true play of the player affects the outcome more than anything where officiating doesn't step in. And do you remember a couple of years ago, Tiger was cruising towards winning a major and someone was watching the, the, the tournament on TV and he, Yep. Remember he had moved the ball or something. I forget exactly what the scenario. Yeah, was. didn't he like call in or somehow made the yeah. officials aware of it? Yeah, he like called like in and like, like retroactively <laughs> changed the score. That's not a thing. That's not how that works. I was <laughs> furious, dude. Yeah, like if, if this if this you know Patriots Titans game doesn't go well this week, could you just get a dial up New yeah. York and just be like, hey, what the fuck? Absolutely, you see that tripping call. Yeah, you better believe I will. <laughs> Just write a letter. I was just that that just made me so furious. I was I'm so glad we didn't have a show at that time because I would have just gone ballistic. 
yeah, that was that was bad. But like I said, best guy to win that tournament for golf. For the Here's sport, the, best for the guy, best for everything, I think. Yep. Here's the question. Does Tiger win another major? Uh, he so he tailed off after that after the Masters, which golfers tend to do. That's nothing right. because he was I mean, he was going and competing like in a tournament like another week or so later, and he had just put his body through absolute hell. Yep. And you know, like I, I think it's golf and baseball probably have the most like when it comes to like uh championship hangover. Like whenever okay. you win a right. championship, like but I think golf is more immediate than that though, obviously, because of the way it plays out. But like you're just dealing with all the publicity, all the like, you know, distractions and all that. And that's just a lot. Like, especially considering it was Tiger. Yeah, and you don't have the, you know, on another team, you have the, the uplifting of your teammates you have the psychology of those guys to balance your own psychology out i mean when it's you versus you is in a single you know a single person sport that's a lot more challenging right and it's like the year that speed was going wire to wire and and creeping on three of four or four of four he was the reason he was able to stay so locked in is because he won the first one and everybody was like oh great and he was able to kind of block the noise out keep going and then win the second one and then people realized shit he's got to keep going you know, yep. kind of thing. And, and then dude takes a, you know, a 12 on a par three and he's never been the same, really. Dude, that was one of the it's worst a head case since then. Dude, that was one of the worst meltdowns I've ever seen. And that hole stinks. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, that's a ter- I played it at Tour 18. It's I a think I could get an 11, though. I think oh, I could do I, a little dude, better. Oh, than that. I've parted it before. It's not that bad, but like, it's, uh, it, it's challenging in its own way. I'll give him that. But still, you should just take a driver next time and just launch it over just to, just for good measure. Hit it over to 17. Get, Why get not? that out of the system, right? Yeah, let, exactly. let, let you see a ball go over once. But <laughs> I, I think the strategy for Tiger to win another major would be almost like a load management strategy. Play one or two tournaments between each major. So I'm talking only play 10 to 12 tournaments a year. Yeah. You want to play maybe a tournament two weeks out, get in the rhythm take that week off, show up, you know, and, and play your practice rounds and, and at least have a tournament under your belt in between each one to get into rhythm, but try to really, you know, ma- manage your body. And I think that's the way Tiger gets, you know, another major. I don't think he catches Jack though. Cause he needs what? Three more, three more. I think yeah, something 15 like that. Jack's at 18. Yeah. That's, that's, that's tough. tough, dude. How much will the PGA hate load management? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, they already have it to an extent. I mean, a lot of golfers, like, that's the crappy part about living in Dallas is that the Byron is right up against a major. Yeah. Or right yeah, after no, a major. Not very many great players go to the Byron. And then a lot of good ones, a lot of good ones go to the Colonial, but a lot skip too. Tiger never goes to the Colonial. Correct. Which are crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that stinks as far as that goes. So you have, like, like, that's unfortunate. But even then, I mean, that's a great example of guys are just like, no, I'm going to take the extra rest and, do whatever. So I think you've got a lot of that going on, but I think it's just going to be highly, I don't know, you know how golf is, right? Like it's it's really a game of rhythms. And so like it's going to be highly tuned to make sure that that works properly. Right. You just see Kawhi's Uncle Dennis on dude on, on the sideline. We'll get into <laughs> Dennis in a minute. <laughs> you see he's Tiger's new caddy. Yeah, dude. We'll get into Dennis for sure. We Yeah. Anyway, so, that, you know, that, that was a huge thing. I think that's the thing that stuck out to me the most was that in your up there in your moments for the year oh for sure yeah. i mean one i'm a tiger guy and two i just think it does so much for the sport yeah i would say that's probably top three moments definitely. as far as meaningful and surprising definitely 
Okay. What's so what what's next on the list for you? We'll just kind of go in order yeah. of importance, right? Well, let's talk about one I, I talked about briefly when you mentioned Tiger is the luck retirement. To me, that was the most surprising surprising yeah. sports moment in 2019, just because of the timing, right? Like this has been talked about. Like you were in you were in OTAs, man. Yeah. Dude, like, like this was four or five weeks before the season. I just yeah, I agree with you. Like that's stunning that he did that. It really I understand like, why he did it. I, I get that too. I'm a hundred percent with you. And I I think it's a large part about why Josh McDaniels didn't end up taking that job. But I think oh, that he found sure. out about that that idea and was like, Yeah, I'm not I'm not leaving fucking New England for that. And right. I, I get that. But like I I mean it all comes down we did an episode on this. We talked about this already in, in the you know, ad nausea really, but like what it really comes down to for me is if you want to retire and you want to go spend time and travel with your wife, you could do that. That's no problem. You Tell don't me in do, June. You, exactly. You don't do it two weeks before the season starts. And, you know, this is one of those things where th- this isn't our team either. And we're, and we're crucifying this guy. I'm telling you if, you know, well, I guess Dak would do that, but if the Cowboys quarterback did that, or, you know, what if Tom Brady did that as much as he's done for you, you'd still be pissed on that timing. Furious dude. Furious. Right. I fully now, expect, you know, a little like, I mean, it doesn't matter to me as a fan as much, but it, it as far as like whether they decide to resign or not. But like if the team isn't suited to have an actual plan in place to replace you. So like right. if say say we were a couple of years back and Brady decided to call it quits in the you know midseason, they had Jimmy G sitting on the bench. Sure. They sure. were probably going to be fine. And like they had been grooming a replacement. And that's that's a luxury that you have whenever you're the new England Patriots. And it's just like, they don't have that though. Well, it's a, it's a terrific point. Well, I, I I think, I think they do with Jacoby. I'm higher on Jacoby than most people are. Okay. I think because of Jacoby's performance this year, keep in mind, I think they went seven and nine. They started off really well. He was hurt for a, a lot of the second half of the season. I think that's still a pretty good football team with a lot of good, you know, nuts and bolts in place. And I think he's going to be a good quarterback next year. And he's making 15 mil a year. That's a hell of a steal. Like, you know, we talk about Dak's contract all the time. I think Jacoby at 15 is better than Dak at 30. I don't think Dak's twice as good as Jacoby. Yeah. Like I I would, I would take Jacoby on the Cowboys for 15 mil because that would give us 25 million more to throw on our defense that we're going to have to throw on Dak's contract. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. I, I think that saves, I think, because think about it. We didn't really hear a lot about Andrew Luck's retirement and how he left this team in shambles after the season started because I think Jacoby is a really, really damn good backup. You know, aside from Teddy, probably the best backup in the league. And hey, I mean, he played on my team. I'm with you. I, I, I get it. I'm, I, I'm a Jacoby God, I forgot guy. that he's from the Patriots system. Y'all are so Well, we traded for him from there, and then he signed okay. back there. Okay. So, I mean, he's technically from the Colts system. But, yeah, he played for us for a little bit. That was when Brady was, uh, you know sitting on the bench because of Roger fucking Goodell, but that's a whole other right. story. But um, I mean, even you go back, Jimmy G, Matt Schaub, like you guys have always been able to have a, yeah. a solid backup in place. Yeah, dude. Ryan Mallett. <laughs> okay. Well, that was rough. Uh, yeah. He looked fine for a while, but boy, anyway, but yeah, I think this was just gut wrenching for the team. And I, man, I thought that they'd be a little bit better than they were. I, his health is a concern. Brissette's a, a, as far as health goes, it's, that's the biggest concern I have for them. And I mean, at least you're not paying a ton of money for him. But here's the good thing. There were lower extremity injuries. It's not a 
you know, a throwing hand. It's not a throwing shoulder. It's not CTE stuff. I didn't realize this. Jacoby Brissett is 6'4", 240. That's a big SOB. He's a big dude. So, so I mean, I think he's going to be okay from a longevity standpoint. You only got him. You only, you're only paying him for, you know, one more year, and then you'll see where you're at. But uh, I, I do have a Colts fan that's, you know, pretty close to me in my life, born and raised in Indianapolis. So hearing his take on it was, I mean, he was devastated because yeah. the approval rating of Andrew Luck just really across the board with sports fans, but especially in that city was about as high as it gets. That was like, you know, Kimball Walker, Clay Thompson level approval rating where people genuinely loved Andrew Luck and did, did all the right things on and off the field, said all the right things. And I mean, really, if you look back at it, I know he didn't have a lot of playoff success, but the dude was a hell of a leader and won a lot of games with shitty teams. Absolutely. He had a lot of great comebacks. He took a fucking beating. During that yeah, time, I mean, that's the thing is like, that's why he retired is because they put the offensive line in front of him too late. Well, yeah. You and I talked about that. I mean, I read off some of the Ryan Griggs and stuff and all that about like the terrible drafting job that he did over the course of about four years. I mean, it was egregious. It, it was, was so some terrible. Of the worst drafting. It was like mid 2000s Cowboys drafting. It Dude, was cool. it, yeah, it was drafting without a plan. Right. Without right. any kind of plan or understanding of what need is or anything like that, it was, it was atrocious. So I mean, it's kind I, of a bad timing thing though. If they got the right GM in there, which I think they have now, if they did that three to four years prior, and they would have been able to structure a plan in place, maybe we're not having this conversation. I mean, that's a good point. And I mean, you're looking at picking. Let's see, where are they going to pick in the draft this coming year? Oh, uh, probably twelve to fifteen, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I mean, thirteen. So that's not a terrible pick. You get a quarterback there or something like that for the future. Go quarterback. I think watching them this year, you know what they need to do is they need to go wide receiver because when T.Y. Hilton is out, that offense is different. Mm -hmm. I love T.Y. He hasn't missed a whole lot of games for how slight he is. He's getting up there in age. And I like their their backfield. I don't think they need to adjust their running backs. I think they have a good running back by committee headed by Mack. Mm -hmm. Offensive and defensive lines are solid. Definitely. So, I mean, how many more games do you think they would have won with Andrew Luck? So I had I actually had a, a fifty dollar, I think it was plus twelve fifty to win the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, so I, mean, I was high on them going in the year. I think with Andrew Luck being moderately healthy, I think they went they win eleven or twelve games. I yeah. say they went four more games. I don't hate that take. That's I'm probably a little bit lower on them than that, just given some of the other injury they had. But something in that. Uh, yeah, that's true because I don't know if he's that much better better than Jacoby. But I don't know, man. He was. You look at 2018, Andrew Luck was a top five QB. Like he was, he was having a hell of a year in 2018. So that, I guess that was the reason that I was so high on him come or high on the Colts coming into this year. That's fair. That's completely fair. Um, Okay. So what's next on the list? So I'm going to go to the hilarious section, which I got a couple of these. Hell yeah. Um, Let's just, let's just talk about it. We've, we've tuned our own horn on this before you put me onto this and uh, we've been in the, uh, you know, deemed probably conspiracy theorist on Paul Pierce pooping himself. Mm-hmm. That shit was real. Yep. No pun intended. Yeah. And Paul came out and admitted it publicly. The greatest thing about that is the shame of his colleagues faces. Like Chauncey Billups, when he's saying it, it's just like, fucking kidding me. I got to work with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> like Chauncey's so real, bro. He can't even hold his emotions in. Like he's like, this guy's a fucking child. Yeah, man. So I've been, yeah, I had been yelling about this theory for so long, and like everybody that I 
you know, my basketball circles are pretty wide, you know, but like a, like a lot of people as it, it kind of got wider, I came to find out, like, didn't really know about this, but like, I felt like it was common knowledge. Like I thought a lot of people knew about that for a long time. And so I, I was I happy to you, kind of bring it to light. Right. Well, one, it's a Boston team. And then two, I think you are also, you know, a little bit more in the know of the story surrounding sports and some of the things yeah. like that than most people. That's um, true. I had heard like rumors of it, but never like, I was like, dude, come on. An NBA player didn't shit his pants and take an injury. Like, <laughs> oh, I, what? I sold you Who on it. <laughs> the hell would do that? Now I hate Paul Pierce. So the sell was easy. I'll yeah. tell you that because I mean, you know, I'm a big Kobe guy and they went back and forth all the time. And, and, and so I, I've gone back and watched the tape and I'm like, dude, I mean, it's in white jerseys. We know, we know what happened. Right. And yeah. the faking of the injury is what just makes it, so unrespectable like if you shit your pants man and you just hey i gotta go back to the locker real quick like whatever but the faking of the injury yeah. it's like it's rough i dude. mean and then i guess it comes- that's easy to say i didn't shit myself publicly in front of seventeen thousand people i might have done the same thing as well but that, that's true i mean the because i think what i i sold you on was that there's a there's a picture of his pants that's a little bit dirty because they're they're wearing you know white they're wearing right. their white uniforms that are that have the green trim not the green base and he also like if you really look at the video through the lens of I think this guy shit his pants. Right. There's like a lot of like the medical trainers are laughing and <laughs> as they're like putting the towels around him and stuff. And like it just when you really, really look at it, it's it's absolutely true. And the way so then that's the other thing about this is the way he just sort of casually decided to admit it nine years later was a really strange thing. <laughs> Do you respect him more for admitting it on national TV? Kind of, but I hate that I, I do. I do too, but now I hate that we can't talk about it and try to spread this truth because he should have just given us a publicly shout out at Sensibly Loud. I, we would have blown up. He's I like, know. "All right, I'm going to be honest. This guy J Max been on this for the last ten years. Yeah, I, I got, I got to, you know, let you guys know it's real. It's so funny though. I can't stress it enough. If you guys haven't watched it, just YouTube. You know, Paul Pierce admits to pooping. Yeah, and it's going to be. On the whatever the studio show that he does uh, with Jalen and Chauncey, and their faces are just like, bro, what for real? Yeah, what the fuck? So funny. All right. So the next uh, thing that was crazy that it feels like it was a lot longer ago than this was the Saints Rams no call in the NFC Championship. Dude, that that might have been the most egregious thing I've ever seen. I'm trying to think if that's the worst call of my lifetime so do you want to set it up real quick i'm pro what's up do you want to set it up real quick so it was just it was like what the last minute yeah so you know give a little context for people that may have forgotten this is the nfc uh championship game last year so deciding who's going to go to the super bowl and quite frankly based on how that game was played i think the saints would have had a good chance to win it and you know, you're nodding your head and you're a Pats fan, right? Like definitely Saints would have been a much scarier matchup. This changed the game. They're putting up more than three points. I'm telling you that much, yes. but uh, it's, it's last play of the game. Or excuse me. Last, last drive of the game. And Drew Brees throws a dime uh, to, I'm trying to think of the slot receiver's name is slipping right now. Number 11. And he's, he's probably going to make the reception. And I think, you know, uh, Roby recognizes that that's the corner. and lays the dude out blatant pass interference i mean to the t it's not debatable just and murdered him just murdered him before yeah. the ball got there it wasn't uncatchable the ball hadn't passed him none of those rules come into an effect 
and just lays the dude out. He even says in the post-game interview, like, I'm shocked they didn't throw the flag. I'm, he's like, I hit him and I'm looking around. Like, the dude literally said he committed PI. Yeah. Dude, you like, you know what That's call the most is, damning thing. Yeah, you know what call's bad if somebody's just like, yeah, that was bad. Like, I'll admit it, that was bad. That was so yeah. bad that I admit it was bad. And, and what makes it sting even more for, for the Saints fans is how they got eliminated the previous year where they lost in the last play of the game of Stephon Diggs uh, score, scoring on that last play in the uh, – that was the NFC – I think that was the Divisional game. Win, I think. Yeah, that was the game. That was the game to get into the the conference championship. Right. But still, I mean, just two brutal, brutal losses for the Saints. And what's you know the spinoff of this is we get the rule change this year, where yeah, you can but, now challenge pass interference, which has been a absolute beating. It's been a and, disaster, to be honest. Right. And do we think that rule sticks? Kinda. Yeah. I don't think they get rid of it this year because Roger Goodell doesn't – they don't want to – the NFL doesn't want to look like they made a mistake and take it away in one year. Mm-hmm. I hope this rule is not here in three or four years because it just slows the game down too much. Well, and it we got, doesn't change it enough. It doesn't – they right. don't call it consistently, so it doesn't matter. You have to call it with consistency or it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it was it was under 15% that got, uh, that got reversed this year. It was weird because, like, you remember the beginning of the season? It was like – it was like a lot. Half of them got reversed for like the first two weeks, and then they just didn't do like fifty in a row. Right. It was like none for the mid part of the season. And I just think there's so much subjectivity to that, to that specific penalty. No subject subjectivity to what happened to the Saints. They got screwed in the truest sense. And what pisses me off is I'm a huge Drew Brees guy, and I get fucking tired of people telling me Peyton Manning's better than Drew Brees. Which God, so you know, it's it's five MVPs. It's all the stats. Well. Drew Brees has way more longevity. He's, his best receiver in his career is Marquise Colston. Right. Reggie and Peyton Manning played with Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, prime Demarius Thomas, prime Emmanuel Sanders. Like those four guys are better than Marquise Colston. Get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah, Drew dude. Brees is a better quarterback. And my, I needed him to get that second ring because that's that's what you can say is he has two rings and he would have won both of those rings where Peyton basically was just, you know, coattailing that defense in Denver with an arm that barely worked. God, and I, I alert that people was of the that bigger thing constantly. for me. That was the bigger thing for me is I wanted Drew to get that second ring. And I think he actually has a decent chance this year, but we'll see. Uh, that, I mean, that was just the worst call in recent memory, at least for me. Yeah. But like, it's, we talked about this on, on the break the other day, like you, it is so much more important over anything else to get the call right though. And this was just a blown call. Right, like this one shouldn't be – this wasn't a 50-50 call, right? right. Like we look at, uh, you know, that game that was on Christmas where Pat Beverly knocks the ball out of LeBron's hand. That ball's off on LeBron. We don't have instant replay that's out on Pat Bev, right? Like Absolutely. you're playing a direct, someone slaps the ball out of your hand, it's off on them. Right. But right. they got that call right. That's fucking impossible to make that call in, in real time. This was so simple. Yeah. And I'm going to take it a step further of the importance of that game and that team to the state of Louisiana. I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. that are Louisiana guys. Uh, they take a lot of pride in their sports teams, but they don't have a lot of them. They don't take a lot of pride in the Pelicans. Yeah, it's <laughs> and, rough. and probably rightfully so. How but, could they? Right. But you look at LSU and the Saints. Yeah. Those, those people love those teams. Yes. And people don't give a shit about the Rams in LA. Yeah. Like, you still live in LA, right? Like, that, them getting the Super Bowl meant nothing to the people of LA. And 
the Saints getting the Super Bowl means everything to the people of New Orleans and, and the state of Louisiana. And mm-hmm. I think that's an even bigger part of it and why you saw such a huge backlash, you know, on, on Twitter and, and all the other platforms. Their fan base might be the most combative next to the New England fan base. Yep. And, and passionate, though, like genuine yeah, passion. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know how much I love being told that I'm wrong about this stuff and then just being right about it. At the end of the yeah. day. Like, you know how much like I take a, so much joy in it. And I feel like Saints fans are the exact same way. Yeah. I mean, if you if I've never had the experience, but I would love to go to a, a game in the Superdome. Yes. Uh, or, or uh, in the, uh, you Mercedes know, against the team, but, it, yeah. but against a team that I that I hate, I would have to say do that. I couldn't go watch them play the Cowboys because then I'd be rooting for the Cowboys and probably get, met, you know, into some altercations with some crazy Cajuns and, and regret that. But, you know, if they're playing Philly or, or the Giants, I would love to go down there and just be in that atmosphere. And, yeah. and you can hear the energy on TV. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Remember that year the power went out and it didn't really change as far as sound <laughs> yeah. went? Yeah. You, you listen to a Rams or a Chargers game in L.A. and it's like a it's like the fucking Masters. It's like a golf tournament. Yeah. You can't hear anything. Can't hear a thing. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, I just I, – I can't believe that this – it got to a point where we had something so egregious that they couldn't not change the rule. They had to do something because it cost a team a chance to go to the Super Bowl. That's what it came down to. That's a big deal. The Rams were not the better team, period. No. And no. I, I don't, I mean, dude. And you it's know, showing this year. Absolutely. And you know me, like I'm a big, like a, a W is a W and, you know, good teams find ways to win. But that that was not a finding a way to win. That was a holy shit. I can't believe that went in our direction. Yeah, that one has an asterisk on it for sure. Yeah. I'm not in the in the business making excuses, but it certainly did. Yeah. I want to transition real quick to arguably just an egregious of a, of a situation. Definitely more close to your heart for monetary reasons. And I'll let you kind of set up this context as you probably understand it a lot better than I do. Mm-hmm. The, inf- the infamous Kentucky Derby callback. Oh, buddy. So I'm not going to go into the, the specifics of the money amounts. Certainly. That that definitely plays a part. It hurts. It, it hurts. hurts. But um, essentially, the Kentucky Derby runs every year. This was the 138th year, 136th. I think it was six. Yep. 136. Um, consecutive year, it's run. Every single year, it's the same. I handicapped horses for... I don't know, two weeks before this Dude, thing. Yeah, you were on this. Yeah, and like I love the Derby because I love the big horse races. I love the Triple Crown and, you know, a few here and there. I'm not a huge, huge ponies guy, but I love the Triple Crown races and I love the Belmont Stakes. I, you know, I love the Kentucky Derby, all that. And, I mean, we basically had a horse win and I picked the winner, like gave it to you guys. Jason bet on it too. And he got. I did too. Oh, oh, you did too. To a lesser degree, but I did. Yeah, and he literally got disqualified over what might be, I don't know. Like I get why they called what they did. It was one of those things that was by the book. It was probably the correct call. But in 132 years, you'd never call it that way. Right. That's crazy. And yeah, I mean, it cost them. It cost them the race. Yeah, I think this is just a bigger deal for what it did you know, for the, for the gambling, what it did for that, uh, that jockey for that horse owner. But at the end of the day, it sounds like they made the right call, which obviously that's, that's not the case in the, in the same situation. That's the big difference there. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, maybe they were hypersensitive to it. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe they took some cues, but I mean, it was, I've seen a lot 
more sketchy things on a horse racetrack. I wonder what the dollar swing for that was. In, it in was all. enormous. I, I I knew all the numbers at one point, which made me more upset. But tens I, of millions. It was because he was what an eight to one horse. Yeah, he was an eight to. Uh, I got him at ten to one, but he settled. I think eight to one, five to one, something like that. Dude, I need a new book. You're always getting stuff at better lines than me. Well, I got it early. That was the thing because I had okay. been handicapping for two weeks. And you did that one through Vegas too, so that right. makes it, that makes a difference. But yeah, yeah, but even he, so, like the it, it moved. He like because they can move during the day of pretty quickly, and he moved pretty quickly right. the day of. So. I feel like that's one of those stories too that is kind of falling by the wayside. But as the Derby comes up this year, it's just going to be beaten into our brains oh, by ESPN, dude. Yes, no doubt about it. It's like a flashback to a horror movie for you. I can't wait to watch it again, but it'll be right. fun nonetheless. We'll, it's just a sign of spring. It's kind of like how the Masters is here and stuff like that. It's, it's like an early summer kind of starts to feel like you can want to be outdoors and, you know, kind of enjoy the nice weather and all that. It's a fun, fun thing to watch the Triple Crown. Yep. Well, we've already talked about one cheater. Um, oh, boy. No, no pun in, uh, in Tiger Woods. How about... Uh, someone that's cheating on the field, potentially. I guess these are all allegations at this point in the Houston Astros and potentially having that 2017 World Series looked at a little more sideways with an asterisk. Yeah, man, it's pretty crazy. So we talked about this a ton on the baseball show. Basically, the Astros had a camera out in center field that were specifically used for sealing signs because for those that aren't really that familiar with baseball that much, um, the the catcher gives signs between his legs, which they show on TV. You see it a lot uh, with different finger motions to show which pitch that the pitcher should throw so that they're on the same page. Right. And essentially, this camera was used to throw those signs so they knew curveball coming here, don't swing at it. And they were relaying that information back to the dugout and then to the plate in some way, which I could like. Uh, the report has said that they were banging on trash cans, which I can only hope means that they were using like a wooden spoon or something, <laughs> you know, to bang on the trash can. It's like it's such a sophisticated system, system with just such a <laughs> Neanderthal type of way to communicate. Yes, it's exactly. It's, it seems far fetched. And there's been like allegations of like, you know, arm bracelets that vibrate and, you know, stuff like that. But. I just there's something that has a bunch of holes in it. Whenever I think about banging on the trash can as being the re- the relay signal, like think about a World Series atmosphere. You're not gonna hear that. I don't think That's you're true. gonna be able to hear you banging on a trash can. Yeah, I don't isn't know. that obvious behavior that something's going on? I guess that's true. What what's your verdict on it? You as the baseball guy, are uh, they guilty? Yeah. Oh, definitely. They're definitely guilty of it. But like. The problem. So we looked at this on the outfielder, and we pulled up the rule book. <laughs> There's no rule that says you can't do it. Okay, it's, I'm gonna just say this real quick. This is the uh, this is a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black here as a, as a Pats fan. Oh, maybe a little bit, but no, I, <laughs> well, it's it's just just one of those things. Like the, it's a kind of on baseball for not really specifically clarifying their own rules, and like I, I, I dude. Don't get me wrong. I don't agree with it. I don't think that they should be doing that. I I don't want to... Don't mishear me here. Do I think they did it? Definitely. And I just don't think that there's a really a a good way to punish them that's, like, definable. It's easy to say, like... Okay, so, like, we the Patriots got cleared of the whole uh, Cincinnati taping thing or whatever, right? They had definitive evidence that they were taping the field, and they could look at that and make a determination based on what evidence they have there is no 
because there's a specific rule against taping another team. You don't that look have, like I was gonna say that looked like they hired the Astros for their consultative services in that situation. But the Astros kind of fucked it up. Maybe they went with like the cheap version or something. Right, right. Yeah, but like they, but like the difference is like if you're videotaping a practice, like there's a specific rule against that. But baseball doesn't have a specific rule about stealing signs and relaying a back. They should, and they, yeah. I'm sure they will going forward. But like, there's not an actual rule against it. This isn't like where you can you know, take the Heisman away from Reggie Bush like they did. You can't take that World Series title away from them. Yeah, good luck with it because I'd you be like... asterisk it, but it's yeah. the same thing as like, you know, Barry Bonds is still the home run king, right? Right. And and what do you do? Give it to the second place team? That's not how that works. No, that's crap. I yeah, like and that. then so then you've got a hole in history there. That's fine. And uh, it just, it screws up a lot more for baseball than it does anything else. I just, I haven't been able to think of a way that they could punish them that makes sense but is also harsh that's going to appease everybody there just isn't there's just it's, it's going to fall by the wayside but it's a crazy story this is the best way to punish them you make them exchange pitching staffs with the texas rangers of last year that'd be wild <laughs> may or may not <laughs> that, want that that would that would almost be the crime doesn't fit the punishment yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah let, let me ask you this though just Tillman, the guy that owns the Rockets and all those restaurants and stuff, does he own the, the Astros also? No, that's a different ownership group. Okay, okay. Yeah, but they're... Because if I he mean, was involved, I would say they definitely did some shady shit. For sure. I mean, it, dude, it's definitely shady. It's not great, but it, it's one of those things like... It, it just... You've already made your money as a franchise off that ring because it happened two years ago. So, like, how do you punish these guys? Do you suspend all of the people that were on that team that are still in the league for five games is that or 10 games like i don't know i don't, I don't know if that yeah. really does anything like that's uh, the hard part and, and that's alex cora was on that staff he's my co like manager and i just i don't think that would deter anything and the other thing is and i want to move on to the next thing after this is like you got to be careful what you start sniffing around for in sports sure. because sure. You, you might uncover a lot of shit that you don't necessarily want to find that's a good point unfortunately that is a good point um, if they're doing this they're not the only ones doing it i guarantee you that Right, they were maybe just a little, a little more sloppy with it. Speaking of the Rangers, I do hope that they got their new center field camera installed at the new ballpark that's about to open. Hope that they got. Oh, that. good point. Yeah, hope. Hopefully, they got on that train. We need, we need, we need something, man. Something. We need some kind of competitive advantage. Um, the rest of the ones that I've written down are pretty much basketball slash NBA related. Um, let's lighten it up a little bit Dude. and go back to more of, of hilarious. I think you know where I'm going with this. I do. Magic Johnson resigns midseason via email? No, dude, he just he did, it wasn't even that. Oh he, no, it was be, excuse me, no, no, no. He walked out of the meeting and, and resigned, but it was because of an email. Excuse right, me, but and he right. was cc'd on. But that happened like a month before that, so they literally had a meeting. He walked out and then saw a bunch of reporters and then just resigned on camera. He didn't even tell anybody. He it, it was like he's that salty girlfriend that saw something that she didn't like, but like hung around for a month just to make a big splash that made no sense to anybody else. Exactly. No sense whatsoever. Now the, I will see, I will say the benefit of this is that we got magic Johnson on Twitter back and he gave us the gym this year. You would, I don't know if you saw this or not, but he gave us the gym of naming his top 15 basketball players and currently in the league. Except, oh no. Except he named 17 of them. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> It's incredible. He's getting, he's getting a little better. He's getting a little better at counting. Yeah. This it's, is an it's, improvement. It's, it's incredible. And I just, 
I will say the Lakers have done a fantastic job of putting things together when it didn't really look like they were going to have the ability to do so. I will absolutely give them credit. At least up to this point, things have looked really good. That could all change this summer. Who knows? Is this team structured the same way if Magic stays in? But almost certainly not because you've got to have Magic out there doing the recruiting, dude. And he had to go out there and really recruit. He He couldn't operate under team like league rules i'm I'm convinced of that yeah i i honestly think i don't even hate magic i i think he's actually a pretty entertaining guy but i think he was terrible at his job i think so too and it's probably for the best for that organization that he's not involved at least not involved in that capacity right and i just i don't think that was ever a good hire like i, I get it's a popular hire and you're going to have that in sports is you're going to need something that's going to help appease the fan base but i just don't think especially after jerry bus died but now they're they're like all good right like him him and genie bus are all good now yeah though they're all all fine it seems like and i mean the lakers seem to be humming along and i just you can't help but think that the way he did it everything was just so it was very unlike magic johnson honestly yeah and it it was just unnecessary, I feel like. Like, he could have just done it in a way more professional manner. And this is a guy that has ran a lot of successful businesses and been in part of a lot of successful investments. It's not like Magic's not a professional. He's absolutely a professional. Right. He just acted like a child on this one. Let me ask you this. In that meeting that they had before, do you think that they concocted this whole plan so he could go out there in free agency and, and help recruit people to the team? Like, think about the team they managed somehow to put together looks pretty good it, right now but it shouldn't it shouldn't work though right like theoretically yeah. it shouldn't work but hey they're all doing their thing and it's working great you're getting the best version of all those players right now and that's what's that's what's really elevating this team i don't think there's a thing that you can you can do to convince me that magic johnson's not working behind the scenes to help facilitate a lot of this yeah i'm with you there i, I just like he he, he, he walked out of a involved. meeting and just said hey <laughs> I'm See out of it. here like that That almost seems so like if you just think about it uh, maybe that's a little bit conspiracy theory theory ish but like no, I think his ego is that he wants to finish the job that he started too and like I think he feels like he can help maybe more than he actually can so you're saying his hand is still still in the pot in some way shape or form behind yeah, scenes just, oh yeah you're just bat channeling the hell out of it yeah I don't I don't hate that take at all because he Dude, he like the he is closer than probably anybody else to the to the Bus family and the Lakers organization. Like yeah, of any player. So oh, dude, that, I don't think they want anything to do with Kobe. To be honest with you, I think they, I think I they think all they did. Well, I think they kind of just all need to, knew they needed to go their separate ways for Kobe sure. and for them because they would take him in a heartbeat as you know in some kind of consultant advisor role though. definitely but i think he <laughs> i think that'd be a terrible idea but don't even get me started on that but i i think he's done with basketball i really yeah, i think too. he's done uh, he's moved on to children's animation yeah dude and hey whatever you gotta do man like i you know you know how i feel about kobe i respect him but i i just don't think he's as great as everybody says he is he's right. fine i mean you know i i don't wish any specific ill will to him i'm i think basketball is better because he's out of it now I think it's been able to flourish more. I'm with you there. I hate to say that, but I'm with you there. Let me ask you this. I want to transition to our next sports story. And I don't know if, you know, you asked your your sports fan 
or some of our listeners, you know, tell us your top sports stories of 2019. I don't think this comes up on most people's list, but you and I both have this one written down because I think it uh, opens up the a conversation a little bit bigger. But the Zion shoe tear, dude, pretty First wild. Of all, that's the biggest. That's the most blown out. I don't want to say blown out portion. That's the biggest story from just you know, a shoe not functioning or from equipment not working properly. But it, it, it speaks to a bigger story of this guy's too fucking big to play basketball. Yeah. So uh, for a little context, it was Duke, North Carolina, Zion Williamson, obviously. And I mean, dude, is we'll, we'll get into Cam Reddish on the basketball show this coming week because it's Who? Uh, Cam. Dude, no, exactly. Who? Dude, yeah, it, it's it, that it, team it's, sucks, dude, man. He stinks. We'll get into that though, but uh, because I've got some great things that I want Josh's take on too. But there's, he, like, he, he was by far the star of this team, and within the first two minutes of the game, I mean, this was a highly like North Carolina was good this past year, and yep. so this was the first time that both of them were really good in a long time, and he absolutely blew through his Nike shoe on like one of the first possessions of the game. And it, I'm going to say this, man, and like I'm a pretty big person. I mean, I'm obviously not Zion, but I'm you know six foot two twenty. I have those shoes. They're the PG threes. They're the best, most supportive basketball shoes I've ever worn. The fact that that man is explosive enough to blow out of those, because you know, I say he's too heavy to play basketball. People are going to say, well, what about Shaq? You know, Shaq didn't have the explosiveness. He didn't have a forty two inch fucking vertical. <laughs> he didn't try either. Two eighty seven and jumps higher than Russell Westbrook. Like, yeah. Those B2 muscle fibers are fucking strong, and they're it's like too much for, for his equipment. Right. Like, this dude's going to be out here. And, and, you know, think about if he was playing in the 60s when they were wearing chucks. Like, dude. that dude would need <sighs> 10 pairs per game. Easily. Easily. Just be out there barefoot. Yeah, no, it's it really – and, I mean, we're already seeing it where he's already has a knee problem, which I heard he's going to be back into January from what I have here. But, like, last we saw, he was <laughs> wait, learning wait. how to re, – re, relearning how to walk. So He's coming back this year? Th yeah, that's what they're saying. I saw a timetable earlier. So he's gone from not being able to walk to playing in the National Basketball Association in a four-week period. Apparently. Got it. Apparently. Got it. Yeah. Dude, that was the most alarming thing ever. Did you see? I think I sent it to you guys. Charles Barkley trying to show him how to walk. And it's yeah. just Charles is so funny, man. These those old school guys hate that shit I know, so man. much. They really do. I love it. They really do. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a big concern for the Pelicans going forward. And that team stinks without him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how much he helps them in terms of of wins, but just having one selling tickets, two, having more talent on the floor, and then three which is probably most important is developing that chemistry with those young guys that he's probably going to be playing with for a while. Right. And he's just at a point where I'm not saying get less explosive, right? I would never say that to a, a basketball player, but you need to maintain explosiveness at a lighter weight. Right. Uh, you can't be, you can't be tearing out of your shoes, man. So, or just I, figure I, out a way to channel that in a different sure, way. Sure. I think they should, you know, rest him for the rest of the year, but you know, I'm not I'm not on an NBA training staff or GM, so apparently they're going to bring him back. Yeah, I guess we'll see, man. It's going to be interesting, but absolutely murdering a shoe was just one of the craziest things and one of the worst looks for Nike I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, their stock price dropped like 5% the next day. I mean, how that's think about the pull that that the, you know, the Zion hype had to to affect the stock price. Based yeah. upon an event happening in a basketball game, right? In a college basketball game, it does It's not like he really got hurt. He tweaked his knee, but he didn't really get hurt there. He just blew through a shoe. 
it's amazing how it can affect the economics so much, but these guys can't get paid a penny. Very right. interesting. Dude, go, yeah, go figure, right? right. Um, okay, so another basketball-related one, and I think then we're going to go into who won the year. Yes. I mean, Kawhi leading the Raptors to a ring is a pretty wild story. Dude, Kawhi just, just pulled his dick out on the table and flopped it in front of the NBA's face. That's what just happened, dude. He dominated the playoffs last year injured and you know i know we've talked about this at length on on the break but you guys know going into the the season especially by all-star break but 100 percent at the start of that playoffs i thought the raptors were winning the eastern conference i didn't think they were going to win the finals but i was on them to beat the bucks and everybody thought that was like a crazy hot take yeah no we did uh because josh and i were on the other side of that and i i just i think what we what we kept kind of thinking was going to happen was that they was going to kind of crash back down to earth a little bit and it just right. never really did and i will say though I, I don't i don't mean this to take away from the raptors in any way shape or form because they got hot i mean they crushed philadelphia crushed them and i mean they they took advantage of every single defensive liability they had and did it easily, and then Kawhi played incredible defense on but top it, of that. They 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 did, but that series was weird because they kept beating the shit out of each other because it still right. took that miraculous shot in Game Seven to win it. Right. So it felt like they dominated the series, but they won that game by a shot that hit the rim four times. That's a good point, but I mean, it still on the money, right? And I mean, whatever, I guess. But what this comes down to for me, and I don't mean again, I don't mean this to take away from what they did because it was an incredible run. It also took Durant and Clay going down to beat the Warriors. Correct. And I and I've said it before, if Clay doesn't get hurt, I think they win game six and I think there's a strong chance they win game seven. Agreed. And I think if they're all three, I think they probably walk to another ring. Yeah, probably in a sweep or a four one. But a win is a win. Absolutely. I don't take that away from them. Kawhi was seventy percent in that series and about eighty percent in the Milwaukee series. So he was doing you know, his durability. And maybe it's because of load management actually paying off. That's obviously, you know, what most people think. But, you know, he did it injured, and that that's a big deal for me. I mm-hmm. I, I like guys that can tough through that. Um, a, a lot going on here, man. I think what he did for that team is so special because you're seeing them play really well right now. Like, holy shit, like Fred Van Fleet's looking at getting, you know, a $20 million contract the way he's playing. Siakam's game has, has risen to another level. OG's defense has gotten better. I mean, he sprinkled that pop wisdom, that know-how, that understanding of how to control a game in a series and how to be a champion. He instilled that in that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can say he bailed on Toronto. He came and brought y'all a title that y'all never got right. and then made it pretty clear, like, yo, I'm probably going to leave. But he left that team in a great place where they're not – you know, on the books for a ton of money. They didn't have to give him because, I mean, the Clippers give him two for 80 and then he might bail in two years on them. So it's yeah. like he Dude. left that team in a good situation. And they, to your point, too, they didn't pay much to get him. Like getting rid of DeMar DeRozan was a blessing for that team. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking crazy. It is, but it isn't. I wasn't surprised by that. No. But no, because Kawhi definitely took a step from being a top 10 guy to the guy last year. Um, and it, it pains me to say this because you know how much I love LeBron, but if I have to win a playoff series right now, LeBron is my number two guy. And it's mm-hmm. it's a hard drop off after LeBron. Yeah. Kawhi's my number one guy. If I need a if I need 
to win a series, I need or I need to win a game seven or games tied with three minutes. I want Kawhi Leonard on my fucking team because he's going to take the shot. He's not going to be scared, and he's going to play terrific defense on the best player on the other team. Correct. Like it's LeBron not is not in his absolute peak form anymore. If those guys go head to head in the last three minutes in a game, I like Kawhi's chances more, and that's crazy to say that. Yeah, and you know, like. I'm a Duncan guy and everything, but the fact that people say that that first ring was just because of Duncan is crazy. Oh, when uh, when they beat Miami, yeah, Kawhi's first ring, yeah, dude, Kawhi, that's so like that's crazy. I love Tim Duncan, but that's crazy. It is crazy, and I hate the Spurs because I'm a Mavs fan, right? I never really liked Kawhi. Quite honestly, I respect the hell out of him, and I respect Timmy D, but I never liked Kawhi, mm-hmm. dude. Watching that series though. I'm like, holy shit, dude. This 23-year-old dude is deep LeBron the fuck up with no, no concerns at all. Like, None. he is just locked in. He's like the Terminator out there with no emotion. You saw that early in his career. And that's why I was like, this guy's special. And his offensive game has just evolved to a level where he's still not the creator LeBron is. He's never going to be that. He's not no. a cerebral, but he's gotten better. But, dude, he's a better shooter now than LeBron, than a lot of guys. You know, yeah. he just... And I've heard Simmons talk about this. He's bringing the ball up the court when it's a clutch moment. He's got like three or four spots on the court where he's like, I'm fucking getting there no matter what. And I'm busting this shot. Right. And he's so like, it's like, it's not like old man rec ball style, but it's just like, it's a little Kyrie esque, but he's six, seven instead of six, two, where he mm-hmm. does like these weird crossovers and like this weird body control. And he's super coordinated with his left and his right arm. And no one really knows like when he's going to jump or when he's going to release. And it's just very crafty. Yeah. Um, but he's an elite athlete at the same time. That's the, that's the key difference. And, you know, I think he's elevated himself to the best player in the NBA. Um, so for people listening that listen to OTB as well, I think Giannis is the best regular season player. I think he's the most talented player in the league. I think Kawhi is the best player in the right. league. Right. Right. Just to be clear. I like it. So we're getting towards the end here. Yep. Let's talk about who won 2019. Dude, it's Kawhi for me. Tell me more. So, one, wins Toronto a ring, which Toronto Raptors were never going to win a championship without Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're going to win no. another one anytime soon. Quite no, probably not. Yeah. Although I like the roster. I don't think they're going to. Yeah, they need another superstar. The bounce back from the shit that went on in San Antonio where he was kind of the the – the bad guy around the league that people, I mean, I was dogging him. I mean, we I don't like how that situation ended, but the more you kind of start to peel, peel stuff back, you go through the layers. You're like, okay, maybe they kind of screwed him over. You don't really, we don't know what happened, well, but it doesn't he, sound like uncle Dennis is a reasonable guy. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. I think that's, that's fair to say. Um, but he was, you know, he was coming into 2019 with a huge, black mark on him and he was kind of getting blackballed a little bit and not getting the respect in the the media industry and, and, and around the league that he deserved for his play because of all the shenanigans off the field so I or off the court I just think the way he was able to go from January 1 2019 of and I guess this is more 2018 leading into 2019 but still even mid-season last year I think it was Kawhi is selfish you know, he screwed over San Antonio. He only cares about himself. He's not, you know, he's not going to do anything for Toronto. And I mean, we said that end, on, the, on our show. We said correct. That. Yeah. By the end of 2019, he's a champion. He's the best defensive player in the league and probably the best player in the league. And, and his approval rating is way up. right. And now. the hottest name in free agency. 100%. And that leads me to the other point of why he won 2019. 
that dude made the 2019 free agency fucking awesome, dude. And he toyed with the Lakers, which I know you love even more than I did. Yep. That was such a flex, bro. Like, I love that. Let me tell you something, though. Uncle, so we talked about Uncle Dennis a second ago. Uncle Dennis going out and asking of the Lakers, hey, I want a private jet and an ownership piece of the team is a hell of a move. But it's more of a flex to take that, get rejected with that from Jeannie Buss, take that down the street to Steve Ballmer and say, "Um, excuse me, sir, will you do this for me? Dude, I love that. Like It's this unbelievable. Is, this is my point. This is why I love Kawhi's year. He signs with New Balance. Such a genius signing because New Balance is such a, a, a Chad bro, dad type of brand. Kawhi is such a basic dude. It fits his personality perfectly. He's not a Nike guy. I could see him being a Jumpman guy, but he's not a Nike guy. Right. But the New Balance signing is perfect in his embracement of Boardman and, and Boardman gets paid, dude. And the, the laugh, man, like it was a hell of a year for him. And, you know, I understand like from a social status, there's social media and stuff like LeBron's way cooler than Kawhi is. Like, I think LeBron's cooler than Kawhi too, but I just respect the hell out of Kawhi in the year he had. And at the end of the day, I say it, I tell you all the time, I just like dudes that want to play ball. That dude just wants to play ball, man. Yeah. I, I don't hate that. I think there's a... He wants to do it on his terms, though. Yeah, he definitely does, but I get that. He's earned that right. He's a he's a superstar, and he's seems more high-maintenance than the rest, as far as I can tell. And I just... I think there's this... There's this big un, like misunderstanding of, like, who he is. You know, like, think about whatever... I forget who it was. Um, uh, I can't remember which player or ex-player it was that tried to draw him off sides by asking about a girlfriend. He's like, come on, bro, I'm married. Yeah, Who was that? I can't I can't remember right yeah. now, but I, I know what you're talking I know the situation you're talking about. But, you know, like, he he has these, like, like, I think he's kind of a psychopath, and I think that's what it takes to be a winner. Like, I love Tom Brady. I think he's one of the biggest psychopaths there is. Oh, there's no doubt. And I, I just, I think he has that in spades. Okay. And Let so, me sum up with why Kawhi won 2019. Okay. He went from being probably the 8th to 10th best player in the league to the best player in the league. His legacy took a bigger jump in one year than anybody in recent NBA history's legacy moved in one year. More than Jordan winning his fourth or Jordan winning his first. More than I'd think his legacy jumped as much last year as LeBron's did when he won in Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, I don't have any problem with that. So I, I, I say Kawhi wins twenty nineteen. Um, for what it's worth, I won't go down it. I think LeBron probably wins the decade, which I think he did get like athlete of the decade something from like Sports that. Illustrated or ESPN or something, which is pretty much a no brainer. But yeah, so I had I so actually my who won twenty nineteen is exactly what you just said. Fuck yeah, for Kawhi. I'm, I'm 100% with you. with you. I thought you were going to go Tiger for, for... No, I really thought about it, but like that meant more to more people. I'm a team guy. I, yep. I respect the hell out of what Tiger did, but that's nothing new for Tiger versus this is a new thing for Toronto. Like I think his free agency was made things absolutely electric. Like We were... I mean, there, there was... Over 40% of the league moved this year, and I think he was a big part of all those dominoes that fell. Yes. And there were a lot of people like Pat Bev that were just waiting to see what Kawhi was going to do. Yep. He made and it. I mean, 
what that's doing for expanding the global game. Like we know how, what kind of reach we have in Europe and certainly China, but that just got the, the country of Canada so involved. And like, you saw those live watches, like those people were into that game, man. And Toronto was a 7 million, 8 million metropolitan area. I mean, that was Not a huge, huge yeah. thing for that city, man. Definitely. And I will say, I want to close out with who I think lost 2019. Okay, and then I have one question before. Like, let's do that, and then I have another question for you. Is it involving Kawhi? No. no. Okay. I think the person athlete that lost 2019 the most was Kyrie Irving. Wow. Dude, his yeah. fall from grace has been fast. People it really, really don't think much of him right now. Yeah, I think, wow. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, I think it has. His approval rating is very, very low. Very low, and I think certainly in Boston, like well, definitely in Boston, but I think everywhere, dude. I don't think Cleveland too. People are particularly. I don't think that he knows how to be a superstar in a way that people like him. Like, look at Russ. Russ is, uh, I mean, he's deranged as well, but like he's there's no doubt that he's been good at what he's done, and he's managed to make himself likable, even though he's not the most likable guy. Some people hate Russ, but some people really love Russ. Correct. Not a lot of people love Kyrie, where I right. thought a lot of kids especially did three or four years ago. Right. And, you know, I, I just think about across all the sports, and I think about, like, you know, just in general, like, who's had that just absolute meltdown from grace, and I just don't know that anybody else has really had anything to that degree where uh, a, a team was happy to see him leave the whole team hated him or you know a good part of the team hated him right. and he went and signed with Kevin Durant which we know is not going to work it's not no, going to work it's not going to it's not going to work and I mean Kevin Durant sitting out the rest of this year it's still not going to work that Brooklyn team is so janky and they got D'Lo, they, I mean, they ripped D'Lo out of there and just inserted a couple of superstars. And I I don't think that's a winning recipe. I just don't. No, I'm with you. I, I, I would agree with that. You know what, athlete, this is just a random thought, what athlete has really fallen off really over the last 18 months or so, or two years now? Conor McGregor has fallen hard. Real hard. Yeah, dude. Well, he, he got exposed as a fraud by Mayweather. Dude, Mayweather destroyed him. And that was more, you know, 17, 18, but just thinking about where he was at, you know, 24 months ago versus where he's at now, or maybe 30 months ago versus where he's at now is a much different place. But I'm with you. I think I think Kyrie of all the prominent athletes from the main sports, I, I can't think of of another person. I can't really either. I'm trying to think in baseball who had that fall, but it's nobody. Not to that degree. Not to that degree where, I mean, because now all of a sudden you have this situation where Cleveland fans, I think there's probably a good mix of Cleveland fans that are pretty indifferent because he's not their problem now and he won him a ring so, or helped win him a ring. So, you know, there's probably some indifference there is my guess. I don't, I haven't really specifically checked into it. I guess I should. But, um, and, and I can tell you how Boston fans feel about him. And then I don't think probably Nets Cleveland fans, fans too. Well, yeah, probably about the same, but I, I mean, he didn't do nearly what he did for, for Cleveland, I mean, you won Boston. a championship and said, "Get me the fuck out of here." It's yeah, kind of like, but hey, you got a ring. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. Didn't yeah, even, Boston certainly didn't do that. Didn't even sniff the, the question. Second I round. wanted to say for the end for you before we sign off here is, okay. who is your favorite to win twenty twenty? And while you think of yours, I'll give you mine. Okay, Drew Motherfucking Breeze. Okay, let's go. I want the Saints to win the Super Bowl. I want him to come back, 
be 40 years old and compete for an MVP because he probably wasn't an MVP candidate quite this year because of the injury. But from the games he played, that sample size, he was. And I think Drew has it in him, so that's who who my candidate is. Another second close candidate in the same state, Mr. Joseph Burrow. Mm. I think he's going to win LSU a national championship, which we've talked about. That means more to that school than almost any school in the country. Mm-hmm. And that man is going to get himself paid. Now he is going to be at the mercy of the Cincinnati Bengals, which isn't great, but, but his I mean, going from being a transfer to a guy that can win a championship coming from an sec school and going through that gauntlet and then going to get himself 50 M's. That's a win. Pretty impressive. I would say, so I'm less hot on the Joe Burrow take. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And right. I, I hope good things for him. I'm I'm a little more skeptical than that, but I'm, that's I'm, my contingent. Drew Brees is my pick. Y- yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, I'm I'm gonna say Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I think he. I mean, th- that team. You said it just the other day that team's rolling. I'm still not Dude. concerned about it necessarily because right. I, I don't get concerned about this. But like, I just I think that he's going to take them there. I him really and do. Lamar have a chance to both be winners of 2020. And quite frankly, Lamar was in that 2019 conversation with Kawhi and, and Tiger. Uh, yeah, for sure. I will tell you this, and we didn't mention this at all. I mean, Brady won his sixth ring this year. That's impressive. Sure. I do not think the Chiefs thing will happen until Brady is gone. Okay. Which I don't mean that to foreshadow that I think Brady is leaving because that talk has been fast and furious. But I just... Brady retires or Andy Reid has replaced his head coach. Yeah, dude, you got to get some. I, I, I think Andy Reid does great things in the regular season. I just don't think he's a playoff coach. Yep. So, all right, man. Well, 2019 was a fun year. 2020 is shaping up to be a good one. We got good Super Bowl stuff coming up. We got live watch stuff on this show throughout the playoffs. We'll be back on Friday. We'll do a, a breakdown of the playoff matchups and what we're thinking and where things are headed and um yeah big game this weekend starting on saturday love some saturday nfl stuff yes sir and uh yeah we'll be back here a little bit later this week can't wait later man later